Too, too many ends. Too many yeah. ends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. That's just like Bob. You, you ready? I'm ready. I'm going to keep asking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the All In Show. Yeah. I thought he was going to miss his yeah. <laughs> So we have back with us Mike Spears. Yes. And he's going to introduce Adam here with us. Yes. So he's going to introduce Adam. Absolutely. You just introduced him. Oh, okay. So this <laughs> is this is, of the uh, right. this is my partner um, in life and then also in crime and also film, <laughs> Adam. We don't talk about I'm a Pisces? Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Your birthday, huh? Uh, the 15th. Okay. Yeah. Happy early birthday to you. Thank you. Birthday, my boy. If you've seen this birthday episode, we bought confetti guns. <laughs> Man, I was fired off confetti shots. <laughs> 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 uh, iPhone or Android? Oh, definitely iPhone. Yeah! <laughs> 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 I'm Ever since the second one, I've been on. Yeah, I actually tried, I, I tried Android. I gave it a month. Oh my! I had, iPhone, I had an iPhone and purposely lost it. <laughs> <laughs> I purposely lost it. Yeah, that was the year I lost seven phones in a row. Well, that's a whole well, other right. show. So, uh, Mike, we do appreciate you uh, telling us a little bit about, not a little bit about, but giving us the rundown. Yeah. The final draft and everything. All right. I, I cut the show early and I should have asked you. So what was the next step after final draft? What did you do? Oh, okay. Well, appreciate that. No, I apologize. I got, no, no, it's I got all good. Nasty, it was a long shit. Yeah, no, it's all good. Uh, so after uh, Final Draft, I was in Atlanta for a little bit still. Okay. And I was um, living in a hotel for a while and also staying at a friend's, which was actually my ex-roommate when I was in college. Got it. I was at his place too. So sort of just, what's called uh, couch hopping or something like that. Yeah, couch so, hopping. Yeah. yeah, so I was sort of doing that a little bit for a little bit. And then um, eventually I was just like, okay, this ain't working. I need to just go back home and reset. So I went back home and reset, went back to Hopkins. And yeah, I was obviously like down and probably hella depressed because this big thing just I had in my hands just kind of went away. And a part of me like from standing in that situation for so long was the fact that I kept thinking like I'm from Hopkins. People like me don't get these chances ever. So that's why I stayed so long. Because part of me felt like I had to, or I didn't want to let people down that believed in me, right? Right. Um, so anyway, went home, was all depressed and all that stuff for a while, and then eventually wanted to get out of there, you know, because I was like, I'm still young, I still got it, <laughs> right? And right. Um, yeah. I should definitely try, you know, to do something. And I remember being in college, and one of my friends had dropped out of school to go and work on cruise ships. And he um, he was telling me I should do the same at that time. But at that time, I was far in college, and I didn't want to right, leave right. school for right. cruise ships. And you did graduate. We didn't talk about you. We graduate. did not talk about that. So uh, I did graduate. We sort of did. We, I graduated because some of my siblings came down to Atlanta mm-hmm. and the whole group thing or whatever. Okay. So I did graduate uh, college in 2009, and I left the group in 2010. And... Again, came back to Hopkins, 
was there for for some months and then eventually started to look at other avenues where I could do something else, where I could still be an entertainer and work in music or whatever. Um, but at this point, my confidence was hella low because I went from being in that group and being told that, honestly, like I, they picked me on a whim. Like, you know, being told that um, they only picked me for certain little things and um, my talent, you know, wasn't it was great. It was, it was limited. So I believed that, you know, I really did. Um, and but when I went off to ships, um, I started to regain my confidence. And as regaining my confidence, I also started to regain my, you know, my self-awareness of who I really am and that I wasn't choir boy, but I was indeed my experience. Right, I'm uh, yeah, oh, I was indeed my experience. So dealing with um, like Dylan in the, in the group <laughs> had really like it, it played a lot on my mental like of who I really was. And that's when I went off the ships. I eventually started to come to grips with my sexuality like one on one as far as saying like. This is who I am. Right. This is who, who I've been for the longest. And right. what you seen at the time when I was in a group was a persona that, you know, I was given a role to portray and I portrayed that role as long as I could. And it wasn't, it wasn't yeah, at that point it was done and I needed to give up that facade. So I became, became a bit more of who I was and then eventually got to the point of being like, I'm gay. Like, right. this is who I am, you know, and if people don't like it, that's fine. That's on them. That's on them. I'm okay with me. Um, and once I came to grips with that, uh, and cruise ships was the perfect space for me to do that because I was now around a whole different type of lifestyle. Like people from all around the world I was working with and and seeing their different lifestyles. They don't believe in the same things I believe in. They are, you know, believing in something some of them don't even believe in God. And that was the first time I ever met people that did not believe in God. And I was like, this is weird. But I mean, to me at that point, it was sort of weird to just be able to talk to people like that. Uh, but what the thing about that is, I believe in God. But the thing about, you know, them, I honestly feel like they were some of the nicest people I had ever met in life. Right. Um, and it's just weird to me that you have people that don't believe in a higher power. However, they would seriously give their last to help somebody else. And I know people who are heavy in the church and won't give a dime, a dime or hardly any attention right. to somebody that they feel is beneath them. Right. If seriously. So I'm, you know, so that sort of in a way uh, changed my beliefs a bit too. Um, to now I'm, I'm totally non-religious, religious, or I don't really believe in religious institutions much at all. I understand all. what you're saying. Uh, but I believe in God. That's like it. Yeah. I believe in God. I don't believe in anything before, right. or after, or between. God, that's it. I don't need the book. I don't need none of that. God. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I did cruise just for seven years. As I did that, I eventually, you know, worked my way through the ranks and became entertainment director at Holland America Line. And by this point, I was dating and all that stuff. And things just were seeming like, I mean, I was young. I was having fun. You know, I was having fun. I was like, you know, doing my thing. And um, eventually I just wanted to like I had, you know, a a career where I was making decent money. And I just felt like I really want to at this point settle down. Like I'm the type of person that I love relationships. I love being in a relationship. And I uh, signed up for Match.com. And this is where I met Adam. And not to just breeze through my seven years on cruise ships, but it was a you know great seven years that I worked on ships. But I met Adam, and um, he actually we met 
for the first time in San Juan, Puerto Rico. That's dope. Yeah, so he flew down to meet with me as I was in port that day while I was on ships. He came to meet with me, and we hit it off, and we've been together basically ever since. That's dope. Yeah. Yeah. That's dope. That's We've a story. Puerto Rico. Spoken, <laughs> spoken every day since then. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, we talked before about like how we love to travel. That was our first meet. <laughs> was a yeah. yeah. Travel. Traveling. Right. Yeah. Not too many people could tell their story that way. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true too. That's another part of it. Uh, but yeah, but with ships, I mean, I got a chance to see the world. It was great. Like I fucking loved it. How did you deal with? Uh, not being around your family because you family oriented, right? So I want to see you can't really talk on the phone. You can't really. Oh no! Plus you're busy. You working all day. You working all day every day on cruises. Right. Um, so it was that part was already tough. But the thing I think when I went to Atlanta, it was I already kind of sort of been sort of molding myself into not like cutting ties with my family, but I was getting used to being. Away, yeah. I was used to missing birthday parties or birthdays right. or celebrations. I was, I began to be used to even missing Christmases. Like it was times I didn't come home for Christmas. Um, I was older by that point too, so I wasn't expecting no, no <laughs> right. anyway. So uh, when I went to ships, it was difficult at times to, especially when you have like these big world events happening around the world and you're away. And the families back at home because they're concerned about you. Yeah. Like they hear something was bombed or something like that. They're trying to get in touch with where you. you at? Where you exactly? Where you at? Is that where you at? Like you know. So that was very difficult um, to deal with sometimes. But I I wouldn't stop or trade it for anything. Man, that's that is what's up. Did you spend your own money while you were out of sea? I did not. So <laughs> that was a great. I room and board taken care of. I was paid to travel. Uh, even um, before I got to the ship, I was paid um, some, not my whole um, daily rate, but I was paid some as I'm traveling to the ship. Once I get to the ship, I'm paid daily. And yeah, you don't, I didn't have, I mean, you can buy stuff if you want to, because a lot of people spend their money going out in these different ports and buying right. all these this fancy so stuff. The ship Exactly. I'm not really big on like names and brands and shit like that. I really don't care. Like, mm-hmm. I was more like, and I wasn't even like necessarily trying to save money. I just didn't have nothing I wanted. Like, right. so I just the money was space just, was limited. Yeah. Space was limited, and and I mean, I I can go to a port and just go to a nice restaurant, and it doesn't have to be like expensive nice. It can just be a nice atmosphere, and it could be. I'm, I spent five dollars just sitting there for like five hours, right. you know, just yeah. chilling. So for me, spending my money, I really didn't spend a lot of money when I was out there. So a lot of money I was able to keep because yeah. uh, so I was working. And living for free and eating pretty damn good on the ship because the ship, as an employee, when you work on the ship, uh, some people think that we have to pay something or whatever. We, I was eating for free, right? Like I was living you for were free. Hungry between anything you wanted, right. I got room service for free. Anything I want, like in my position at yeah. the time, like it. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I lived it up. That's what's up. Yeah, and then <laughs> and then spend the dime. On the right, exactly. <laughs> and then spend the dime. Got paid to do it. Okay, so. Adam Bag's a top ten famous person in case you get, you get the rocking Adam. And uh, we decided at that point, is that when you decided we're leaving the cruise ship? Um uh, I so that's a good question because it seems that way, 
But I had already started in my mind to wanted to venture off of ships anyway, sort of mm-hmm. around that time. But Adam meeting Adam definitely expedited that whole decision. Shout out to Adam for being right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. That that definitely expedited it. Because I was thinking like at that point, before I met Adam, uh around the time we like met met, I was thinking like, okay, I can give this like two years max. Like two more years because I can have time to figure out what I want to do next. Right. Um because at that point, I, I made decent money. I was happy with what I, with what I made. Mm-hmm. And and I was like, I, I've seen a lot of this stuff already. Like, I've been so many places. So it wasn't as exciting to me. Like, going to these new countries, or not new countries, but to these different countries, just saying, like, oh, yeah, I was here this last month. Or I was here last year. So right. it, that wasn't exciting. And the life on board was fun. Yeah. Uh, but it became kind of the same thing. Like, you get... It became redundant. Like you, you get on a ship, you meet all these people, you have a great time, you build a great rapport with these people, but eventually, at some point, you got to go home, right. and that party is over. Yeah. So I kind of was like, I'm a little over that. I'm, I kind of want to settle down now and and really get my life together. And when I met Adam, it was more like, oh, actually, this, I, yeah, I kind of feel like so I want to. Right on time. <laughs> you're right on time because I, I got about one more contract in me. So when we did meet, like when we went in Puerto Rico, I did one more contract, um, and he came at the end of that contract and met me in Rome, and then oh. in Rome. Rome. And, well, I joined in Barcelona. You joined the bar. I'm sorry. <laughs> Correct. Uh, we made our, first. And we I made our way to Rome. Right. He's right. So I'm sorry. We joined. He joined in Barcelona. I'm Joined <laughs> <laughs> to Barcelona and then we went to Rome. Yeah, that's true. And I, it was, I mean, I paid for my plate, but it was yeah. a free cruise for me. Yeah. <laughs> so. nice. Yeah. Very nice. And I was like, yeah. And I, because on ships, it's kind of like this thing. If you tell people, oh, this is my last contract, it's kind of like a, um, like a uh, like a jinx. Like if you say that, that means it's not your last yeah, contract. Like, you're gonna be there for a minute. So I made sure I didn't say this was my this was it for me. Like pretty much ever. So when I like officially quit, it was very a soft quit. It was more like they were offering me contracts, and I was just say no, not right now. Mm-hmm. They offered me another one. Oh no, not right now. Yeah. And you know, they eventually stopped offering. But eventually, now we're at 2020, and everything was shut down. Right. So. Right. My name is even off the books. Exactly. So they took your name off the books, huh? I wouldn't say they took me off the books, but I feel like at that point they feel like, yeah, he probably ain't coming back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how do we get started with good enough? Uh, now that you two all worked on it together. Yeah. Uh, I wrote good enough 2019. I started writing okay. 2019, um, and it started off as a, a stage play. So I was writing a stage play, a stage musical. And we were going to put it on at this uh, theater nearby. And I'm trying to think, make sure I get the story right. Uh, so this is 2019. I started writing. Mm-hmm. Twenty. So 2020 happened, right? Mm-hmm. We were in Columbia at this time. During a pandemic. During a pandemic. <laughs> Talk about people worrying about you while you're in a, somewhere else in the world. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so our plans for twenty twenty because twenty twenty just sound like a cool year, right? So we're this is twenty nineteen. We're thinking this sounds like a cool year. We should do something cool. Right. Uh, so he has this idea to travel the world for a whole year, and we're going to do four locations. We're going to spend three months at each location. So I'm like, okay, that sounds great. And at this point, I already started writing good enough or whatever, mm-hmm. um, but still thinking it's going to be a stage play. And 2020, we make all the plans or whatever. 2020 come, we fly down to Columbia on January 4th or something, 2020. 
we get there, everything was great for months, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then as we're yeah, there, and then March came, our friends came, our parents came, my mom came down and everything. It was great. Um, when his parents flew back, they flew back a few days after my mom, several days after my mom. And that's when things started to get shut down. Yeah. So that's when we were like, oh, this thing, are they from, like, this is for real. This like, this is, is happening. Yeah. So oh, wow. it, it happened the same way here. Yeah. Like, it, it, we were there, they were just like thinking, like, this, is this happening because we're here? Like, what's, like, it just was weird. Yeah, like, because right. yeah. we're away from the country, you yeah, know? Right. Um, and then at this point, we we're seeing the news and we we're seeing people like, Grabbing tissue, and I was like, "What the heck is going on in the United States?" Yeah, crazy. Because there, none of that was happening. <laughs> like, I almost punched the old lady in the face over some tissue, but we don't. <laughs> <laughs> this is I don't know more about that. <laughs> no, they, they did. They handled it really well down there because like, they really did. I think they saw the craziness happening up here, and they yeah. were like, they were prepared for like toilet paper runs. So like right. in the stores, you would go in, and they had like a pyramid of toilet paper at the entry, like. Yeah. Don't worry, we got plenty, you know, kind of Most thing. Most of the people had plenty. They just were <coughs> buying it because they panicked. Exactly. And I didn't have it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the story. <laughs> so she almost got hit. In the face. In the face, right. In this face. She said, I was going to grab that. And I turned and gave her that look. And as I cocked back, she was like, you take it. Okay. Right, because I'm just... <laughs> Because uh, to be honest, Bro, and, and not to hit, and not to sonic def- boom, <laughs> not to defend you, but I'm, I mean, older people normally have tissue, <laughs> so I'm thinking they she probably had plenty of tissue at home. She was just being greedy. So I'm eyes broke, right? So when I get down to three or four, I'm gonna buy a tissue. I'm yeah, down to three or four. Mm. I'm <laughs> to Walmart, it's, it's like two of them there. I grabbed one, somebody else grabbed one, and the lady was like, "I was about to." No, you won. <laughs> <laughs> right. Enough about me. Yeah. This, this, this. Anyway, so we, we're 2020 down in uh, Columbia. It's March. Everything's getting shut down. We were supposed to le- initially leave Columbia and then go to Madrid, right? Okay. Um, but we're leave watching. Columbia and go to Spain. Okay. But we're we're wa- we're watching the news and everything is even worse in Madrid. Yeah. So we're like, we can't even. Let's not even chance it there because we may really get stuck over That's there. I mean, they kept canceling our flights. They kept so. canceling that. You're right about that. They we, kept, we couldn't get out of We there. had the flight like booked way in advance because right. you had to have an exit flight from Columbia when you come in or right. whatever. Right. So in January, we already had our flight. And then right. they canceled it. And we're like, oh, shucks. Well, yeah. maybe we can rebook it. So we, bu- we bought other tickets. Right. And then those got canceled. Those <laughs> right. Okay. Right. I guess we're not going. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we were sort yeah. of like, I wouldn't say stranded, but we were like, we were there. Like, we, we couldn't have just to leave. be anywhere, and where you planned on being wasn't ready. Got it. Exactly. So, we ended up being there until like May. Okay. Um, but throughout that whole time, we had rented our place out. Um, so, we took even all everything, our furniture was gone. We put all in storage. And someone had uh, actually a couple from Canada had uh, was renting our place from us. Okay. And that's why we were gone. However, because of all the shit that was happening, they couldn't even barely move in here. Because they couldn't get back into the state. So they're renting from us, but they're not even living here. So that was a whole, you know, another thing. So then we finally was able to come home in May. We got back home. Um, we stayed here for a few nights. And then, because we had no furniture really. And then we 
we're going to do a road trip. We just say, you know what? Because obviously all of our plans for 2020 to travel to all those different places was canceled. Let's do a road trip around the United States. Okay. Uh, we packed up the car, and that's in a way we went to out west. Hmm. Yeah. And mind you, this is getting back to good enough. Sorry, I know I'm, going, I'm, going, I'm, I'm taking a long, I'm taking a scenic route. Sorry, no, guys. Damn. Oh shit, my bad. Right. <laughs> Damn, I forgot what that last summer. Anyway, so all the while he was, <laughs> yeah. So all, all the while, while he was still working on the script. <laughs> yeah. See, I told you I talk. I told you I talk a lot. If you give me comfortable, I talk a lot. I never don't talk. But um, but anyway. We, as we're traveling 2020, I'm still writing on Good Enough because I'm planning to, once things open back up, I'll put it on stages. And um, 2020 is over. We get to 2021. We're now working with the theater uh, to put it on stage. But people not even vaccinated at this point. People right. still are dying from COVID right. heavy at this point. So it didn't seem like things were going to work out with that theater that we're working with anyways. Uh, plus, I was like willing to invest, invest a lot of my savings into this and where our savings into this. And um, I felt like, well, what, what I'm going to invest, what we're going to invest into this stage play, we could make it a film. Mm-hmm. And especially with my background and now that I have my degree, oh, yeah. an expensive degree, two hundred something thousand dollars. But anyway, like now that I had, had my degree, I was just like, OK. Maybe this is my calling to get back into what I know best, you know, and um, the people we had already began hiring because we began working on the soundtrack. As I told you it's a musical. Uh, we re- began working on the soundtrack as it was a stage play, and we began hiring actors as if it was a stage play. Okay. Thankfully, when we said let's do a film, those same people that we hired already to be to do the stage play, they decided yes, let's. Let's do it. Let's do it. But at this point, nobody still was vaccinated and all that shit. Mm-hmm. So it took time to for me to rewrite the script because it was on stage to make it a film uh, script now, and then to take some of the music and adapt it to the film. And okay. that was what good enough. How it pretty much happened. It was supposed to be on stage, but then we made it a film. Adam, what was your role in the film? I was executive producer. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know if we needed the executive <laughs> part. <of it. laughs> Exactly. We we added the executive. So you got to say, I like that. I don't like it. Change it. Yeah. Well, we're more than just business partners, so you have to be a little delicate about these things. I'm not. Listen, I am like Eric Badu. I'm an artist, and I am sensitive about my shit. For real, you gotta you gotta be careful when you talk to me. So how did y'all schedule the production process? Um. We okay, so initially we were going to like schedule it in the course of a few, a couple of months. Mm-hmm. Um, but because one of the lead actors was starting to get booked in other things, we were like, well, let's try to get it in you know that s- small space of time so we right. can get this thing done. Yeah. So when we planned it out, it planned out to be 10 days that we're going to film for. Um, so in two weeks, yeah, but that was a long time, like two days off in two weeks or something, yeah, Yeah. right. Um, and the like the whole a lot of the time when I told people it's gonna be like we're gonna do this in 10 days or whatever, a lot of them were like, You sure? Like, that's not gonna work, like, that's gonna be a lot, that's not gonna work, it's gonna be too much for you, right? Um, but I was persistent. 
And that's one that... I know who you are. Right. <laughs> you said today's, you know what I'm saying? Oh, that's going to be a long 10 days. It's going to be a long 10 days. Uh, but again, this was like a long anonymous night's writing and singing till four or five more to pay off. There you go, there you go. And then we, um, and this is when like that that little eighteen year old ambition come in. Like it, it's either now or never, and that's really what I felt. I'm like if you're gonna do something with this music thing or this film thing, it's gonna have to be now right. because right now all you're gonna do is go and work a job, and that's gonna be it. Because life is going to start to happen again. Um, so I felt like this is my only chance to get this right. So 10 days. Thankfully, I had the people we had into this because they they, they got it in. We did it in 10 days. And that, That's what's yeah. Up, and we, so what were your thoughts with the casting on the film? Uh, with casting, um, I actually I have a background in theater. So okay. like I was in a theater group in school and stuff, and I acted and directed. Um, but film was definitely different. Yeah, I never really had any experience with that, so um, I didn't really know what to expect. Well, you had a lot of power. <coughs> I like that. I don't like that. <laughs> right. I did. I did read the book. There's a producer to producer is like a very famous book that sort of talks about the business and every element of it mm-hmm. and everything. And uh, yeah, I mean, I like talking about the schedule. Um, it had like guidance for how many days you should budget like per page or whatever. Right. And we're like, I'm like, we have this many pages and we're doing it in this many days. Like yeah. that's not what, that's not what the book says. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, working on ships probably had a, an effect on, he yeah. runs a tight ship and yeah. uh, we had, yeah. we drew up schedules together and really stuck to it. And yeah. I mean, the casting, I feel like we just got super lucky with, um, mm-hmm. I mean, we, you know, talked to everyone and read everybody, yeah. but, um, and, you know, the whole audition process, but like, yeah, really everyone was just super talented and super like team oriented and yeah. willing, you know, we had a few long days or whatever, um, but they were all down for it. Like no one was trying to get out early or anything. Yeah, it, it was. And I think the, um, and not to cut you off, but I think because it was around a time of like COVID and everything. And this is when people first started getting vaccinated. So people were started sort of coming out. Getting outside. more comfortable. Yeah. yeah. This is the first time they got comfortable. And then they yeah. had to go back in the house with masks and shit. Right. But, uh, but but at that point... Uber, they was always outside. Oh, yeah. They just went in public places. Right. So they they were excited to be working on something, I think, right. at that this point. Is... So we got it really lucky in that space to... Yeah, it was a lot of their first gig and like, especially right. the singing, because uh, that was... Yeah. Before some people were vaccinated, still, whenever we had right. them, we had like, we bought an air, air filter and yeah. had like all sorts of precautions, you know. Yes. I mean, they had guidance out there in terms of what you could do to make things safer whenever you're, you know, performing arts. And right. so we did all that stuff. And yeah, people were just like, it has been over a year since I had like a singing gig house. or something. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so I think that we a lot of that fed into the energy of yeah. the yeah. team too. That's definitely yeah. true. Absolutely, and I say, I say that because now we're we're casting another film and we're working on that, and I definitely see a different shift in mood of uh, what, what every episode I find him a new job. He tried, he tried to give me a job. <laughs> <laughs> what requirements? What requirements? <laughs> and do you have any off-camera jobs? Oh, yeah, we, we, have, we do we have crew. crew. We do have crew. We are still looking for crew. He is squad. I don't know if that transfer's over the crew. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, we're we'll <laughs> 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 <laughs
Station to make me laugh. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, you're good. You're good. Uh, yeah, the, the shift in terms of like people aren't quite as hungry, and I mean, there's just there's more competition. Like you have to right. whenever you're booking people, it's not as wide open as it was right. in you know 2021. Yeah, and I think people's uh, attitude to it, like just even being on set and film, especially some of these actors that I feel like to humble themselves a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, their attitude is a little different because because they so I don't know why you were so stressed. Hey, <laughs> no, do seriously, just I, do it. Because be humble, bitch, sit down. yeah, because <laughs> because the thing is, it could eventually. We don't know what's gonna happen. Yeah. This thing could go back to us being back in the house, and then now you're gonna be begging for roles again. Now you're gonna be now at begging me, Mike. Please write something for me to do. And and I feel like with some of the attitudes that I picked up so far with this with casting this next film, people have gone back to that mindset of oh, I'm gonna get it anyways. Like you don't know what's There's going. There's a lot happen. of work out here. Exactly, you are the only man in town with yeah. writing scripts. Right. He top ten where we from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, we have a we have a I think probably a better interviewing process at this point we than do. we did the first time. Oh yeah, um, and probably more than most productions do too. Yeah, that we learned because a lot of it's yeah. like you audition and then you get like accepted, but like yeah. now you audition for us and like we'll actually do an interview, like a job interview kind yeah. of thing, yeah. mm-hmm. just to get to know you and everything. Yeah. And so, so y'all on What's that? He's no. job. Yeah. Oh, we're, we're, we're not in it on Indie, but we may be. All in show will happily help y'all with interviews. Great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Trust me. We approve both. They're going to be pretty good. Right. <laughs> you chased them all away. Oh. Oh, no, no, no. They weren't they won good. <laughs> they <won> none of them. <laughs> but no. But I mean, there are, yeah. I mean, like he's saying, you do interview some people and you get like, it's just not the right vibe kind of thing. Yeah. But. Yeah. Fortunately, I mean, for every role that we're, you know, looking for, we've, we've had to, you know, we've had multiple people that we thought, like, we could totally work with them mm-hmm. and yeah. had hard decisions. So it's, you know, there, yeah. there are still, there are some people out there with attitudes or whatever, but, like, it's definitely yeah. still people out there that, you know, we're excited to work with. Oh, yeah. I'm, the, the, the cast we have for this next one, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I was excited for the last cast, but this one, I'm, like, I'm excited for the dynamics and the difference and what we're shooting and filming this time. So for good enough, did you write the script by yourself? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Adam did some editing and he did like the, you know, yeah. all the lining. producer. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. There Let you me go. check that. I don't like that. <laughs> right. Let me check right. that. Right. I like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, pretty much. That's, I like that. And this, what, what inspired the script? Uh, So... The and this is gonna probably sound a little a little cheesy, but this is really what happened. So I woke up from a nap one day in 2019, and I just finally got this this feeling, like I just told you earlier, like mm-hmm. is either now or never. Mm-hmm. And I started to feel like, well, was it what what is it? Do I want to do? Do I want to sing again? Do I want to write? Like, what am I trying to do? Like, um, and that's when I started thinking, well, I would love to write for a stage. And in some way, not that I want to sing and get out there, because I really don't want to be an artist like that, but I still want to sing. I still want to write and produce and all that stuff. So in that, as I woke up from my nap, I just had this like, you know how you first wake up, you just have this feeling like, ah, like just a high feelings. And I just had this finally like, 
dude, if anybody knows entertainment, is anybody if anybody knows vocals, if anybody knows writing, if anybody knows all of that stuff, it is you. Mm. Finally, it is you. And I and I remember what made, it, what made it click for you at that moment or what you think? Um I think it was like me finally getting tired of myself being in my way. Uh, finally, me saying to myself, "You're good enough." Yeah. Stop. Stop thinking that you have to appease these gatekeepers. Be the gatekeeper, if anything. Be the gatekeeper. And that's when I started to think, like, you know, that's true. Like, if anybody knows, vote. I was the entertainment director on a cruise ship. Like, <laughs> if I, if anybody knows this stuff, is me. Why am I looking for other people to tell me that this is okay when I know it's okay? Like, only the executive producer. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> no, exactly. Why, exactly. And um, so once I had the aha moment, that's what it, it really just came to. And the title came first, like, good enough. Because mm-hmm. I found, like, you're good enough. And if I write something, I want it to be called good enough. But how can I write it and, and make a story that's that's going to be easy for me to write, that's close to home a bit? So it's a little bit about like my life, a little bit, because obviously in the in the loosely based, loosely based. There you go. Um, obviously, I'm not a. I was never athletic. <laughs> you know what I mean, so and the the story is about a a, a, um, a star player of a, a basketball team. I'm not athletic, so but I did that purposely because I did not want to write. Uh, the Mike story. I didn't want to write Mike Spears story. I didn't. I didn't want that. I wanted something fresh. I could. I can research and learn myself. Yeah. And uh, obviously, in the story, there's an interracial couple. We're an interracial couple, and they're gay. Okay. And we're gay. Um, loosely based. Loosely based. You know. <laughs> All right. Uh, you can only write <laughs> there's a, exactly. You have to write what you know. And I feel like uh, I seen Tyler Perry do a um, interview, and he said that same thing. Write what you know. Like, don't try to write this other worldly stuff, like, you know, not crazy stuff, but just stuff that's twisted or whatever. Just write what you know. Your story is interesting enough. And that's what I was pretty much doing. And when you watch this film, you a lot of the scenes in the film are true to life, to some things that have happened in my life. Mm-hmm. But it's not necessarily true to the character of who I am or who the people are. For sure. For sure. So Adam, because you were the executive producer, I like that. I don't like that. Exactly. Yeah. Right. We have an executive producer, by the way. It's his mother. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, mom. Shout out to moms. Right. <laughs> my mom's got a job. She don't know what you're I tell my mom to say. Yeah. <laughs> so how did you guys handle the creative differences on set? Obviously, you had fine work, but. On set? Yeah, on set. On set. Uh, he ran the show. Like okay. at, at that point, it was pretty much. I mean, he might ask my opinion on like something. Well, or it may have been actors, or it may have been crew members. I mean, just in general, how did you guys handle the creative differences? Yeah, that you know, honestly, it was um, it was a good learning experience for us as a couple. <laughs> I would say, yeah, it really was. Because uh, yeah, like the editing of the script, that was. I mean, this really was his baby. Like he'd been yeah, spending over right. a year on it. Like. Yeah. Um, did you take anything out? Uh, he was like, "No, don't get rid of that." No, and then oh, he had to talk well, in, it. in post we had some of that going on. Yeah, uh, we cut a couple songs, which right. is songs. pretty we big. Had to cut <laughs> <his films>. Yeah, <laughs> it did. I'm still hurt by them. I mean, songs. I mean, I I totally recognize a lot of work right. went into those. Right. But 
That's Joe Jackson in them songs. Jackson five. <laughs> right. You got all you got to have all five. I gotta have all them songs. But <laughs> he, he's absolutely right. It, it it helps us learn a lot about each other and how to work together as a couple and to understand like the like having respect for somebody's vision yeah. and knowing that yeah, it's not your vision, and that's okay. To for him to have a vision that's totally different than mine. It's not that he's saying my vision sucks and I'm right. untalented. I just, just see a different angle. I just see a different that you don't see. Exactly. And at the time, thankfully, <laughs> at the only show. You oh, right. Right. Back, <laughs> he's taking a back way. I'm taking right. a back way. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's all it is. Yep. Right. And then in all and through that process too, I would just add this part. We were in counseling too at this at some of this point. So okay. whenever we would talk to our therapist or whatever, we would, talk about the film. We'll, we'll bring up the film. And that would, that would, that would be... That would, the therapist, that's how I'm going to say Listen, that would be... The therapist, she needs a shout out. Shout out to the therapist. Shout out, shout out no, shout out to Paris. She, she, yeah, she got okay, us together. She was like, and by the way, I really think you guys should add. <laughs> right. For real, yeah. Did that work for you? Oh, yeah. I, I believe so. It, it worked for us as a couple, but also even when I had like my one-on-one sessions for therapists, um, it worked for me. And I feel like there's something, maybe we could bring that up for if y'all mind. Like as far as therapy, I know we say this a lot now that um, therapy is not popular in the black community. Um, and that's very true. That's because we go to other ways to try to solve our problems and to cope, you know, uh, for me, my experience with therapy has been all positive. I've learned so like many things that I did not know that I knew about myself that I'm like, damn, I need to change that. Like, I need to just change the way I'm thinking about it. Because somewhere in there, we learn these different ways to cope or to survive in the black community. Mm-hmm. And we then take it out on the world or people that's closest to us. And we don't even realize we're doing it. Like we we just feel like oh that's so just to be in a survival mode exactly exactly because we're all about survival like you know so we feel like if anybody say something or, or like for instance if he had a different idea than me and it seemed like it was going to go his way in, in certain things right. I would at first you know years ago you know whatever um, <laughs> when, when when this was happening right right yeah when it was happening I was probably getting like offended because I felt like he was trying to maybe take something from me mm-hmm. he was trying to take you I know got to be in control of, I got to I, be in control of me I got right and then it, <laughs> and then what therapy helped me realize and is just that no we People just have a different viewpoint. Why is everybody always got to be against you? It's not always about you. Like, people just, just want to express themselves, too. There's answer 1A, answer 1B, answer 1C. <laughs> right. They all want it. It's just a different part. Yeah. So, and I would tell anybody, like, and just for different reasons, like, therapy, professional therapy helps. I mean, talking to anybody definitely helps. But when you can really talk to, like, a professional that sort of knows mm-hmm. how to, to navigate that maze of a brain that we have, right. that's even better. Because sometimes when you go to a friend, they're just going to ask, oh, so what happened? And a lot of times, our friends will just take our side just because it's easiest. So the whole show we do offer therapy, mm-hmm. right? 30-minute sessions. For the first 20 minutes, you come talk to me. And I, <laughs> okay. I, I, I bore you with you. Real mm-hmm. good. The last 10 minutes, we send you over to my boy. No, no. <laughs> and you roast him? <laughs> no, no, no. Hit it. The last 10 minutes, what you gonna do? 
Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah. So I'm going to go in. It's up. It's up. Yeah. I don't see him. All right. <laughs> now what, what you going to do? do? He, he talked to you. Yeah. Now what you going to do? Exactly. <laughs> we got to figure out something. Right. $30. I mean, a 30-minute session. That's it. Yeah. I, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're talking. I know you're talking. But but yeah, it's, it's true. Like we we we, we <laughs> and the thing about it, I do feel like therapy. The reason, a lot of reasons now, people are just saying like maybe that's not for me because it's so expensive. I absolutely want to go to therapy. I yeah. absolutely refuse to pay most of the amount. And I understand that. For therapy, uh, the health insurance that I have through my job, yeah, it's not the best health insurance. It's a high deductible health plan. Um, so. I can't even get a discount on right. most of those, but I definitely I agree with therapy. Well, we spoke yeah. on uh, we spoke on therapy. Shout out to the Chris episode. We spoke yeah. on therapy and all that, and I got a different approach on it because I can get therapy for free. Oh. I just never. I always thought that therapy was somebody telling you something you already know, mm. and some people have to get to a low for somebody else to be like, "Bro, you gotta do this," or right. try to get you to realize you gotta right. do this. Some people are able to think like that on a normal day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like, well, I felt like everybody didn't need it or everybody right. shouldn't have to be pushed to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm in limbo with that. Yeah. That's that a big it. step just to be there for you. Yeah. yeah. Man, that's I, huge. I never really thought about it. Right. I'm proud of you, bro. That's yeah, a bro. Yeah. yeah. Bro, and you hear everybody talking about it. Mm-hmm. So it can't be that bad mm-hmm. to go. Because I was sort of the same way, honestly. I was like, "No, nah, man, we don't, we don't do therapy." Like, because I'm, I'm like, I tell my brother, like, yeah, therapy. Like, man, like everybody else, crazy. I ain't crazy. Like, I ain't crazy. I don't need therapy. But really, it helped me a lot to just realize, like, and it's not them telling you about yourself or telling you things you may know. It's really them just helping you navigate through all the stuff that you number one been through. But how you are processing what you're going through now and how you got to that space. Because a lot of times when you figure out how you got to that space, it can help you heal. Because then you'll probably be realizing, damn, that was actually all me. I made that shit up. Because sometimes a lot of our traumas that we think that we you know still carry, we made that shit up ourselves. Self-inflicted. Yeah, we we make all that. I mean, not make all of it up, but a lot of things we make up. We be... We could sit and try to predict a situation. Like if somebody, if you was going out with somebody and they didn't, they didn't answer the phone. Immediately you start thinking, oh, so you got beef with me? Oh, what's up? And you start making up scenarios on why they not answering. They probably looking at the phone as I'm calling them. You know, you start making up shit that's going on, but not realizing that person probably was just in the shower or something. Oh, like, you sleep. Oh, right. <laughs> but they you, call you back and all that shit just wash away and you be straight. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, but. And they'd be straight. But for some people, they don't. They don't. They don't. They'll pretend they good. But in the back of their mind thinking, oh, but where you was just at five minutes ago when I was calling you. But they're not going to never tell you that at that moment. They're just going to be thinking it. And it eventually builds up. Yeah. And then it builds up. Yeah. And then it builds up. And now you're really suspicious when you don't have a reason to be suspicious. It just started because somebody didn't answer their phone because they was in the shop. You, right. Hmm. But yeah. So I would say, I was just going to say, give it a try. Yeah, and I, I will say, you know, if, you know, you can be a person who's pretty self-aware and, like, all that kind of stuff, but, like, having that time set on the calendar, because, like, in a given week, like, you have your job, you got, you know, stuff you got to do, mm-hmm. do you actually set aside, like, an hour, you know, every week, really or even every two weeks, even every month, do you set aside really an hour to just think about yourself and, like, 
yeah. review the like mindfully the month, you know, kind of right. thing. So I think even, especially for couples, like, because yeah. that can be hard, you know, yeah. and it's good to have a referee or whatever, it's you know, a facilitator. Time, time to have couples. <coughs> yeah. Let alone, yeah. yeah. Right. We're going to have a serious, time, a right. serious talk time. Yeah. enough to be like, oh, hey, I, I have an issue when mm-hmm. yeah. I'm not a fan of. Right. Because that's actually a right. red flag. I'm not a red flag, but a, a, a defense for most of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, you got an issue. Yeah. Right. Those are difficult conversations. You tell me about this issue. Exactly. had the issue today. Yeah. <laughs> different strokes though, bro. But, but yeah, so when you go to therapy, they tell you there are two types of people. There are people who are like me. Yeah. I need to address it right now. Yeah. Because it's gonna eat at me. It's gonna eat at right. me. It's gonna eat at me. And if I don't get it now, woo! Right. <laughs> but then you got other people like him. Look, I need a minute to process it. Think right. about it. Get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> 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 you know <laughs> At least a day. At least a day. At least a day to let me get myself together, man. So, so Adam, you have now officially had your four, your first um, executive producer role. Right? Yeah. Shout out. Yeah. 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 What advice do you have for aspiring executive producers? <laughs> like myself. Yeah. Um, I mean, you start slow. We got to get you to win. I'm at best boy. You can be best boy. You best boy. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, uh, if you want to be a producer, I highly recommend both producer to producer. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, it really. Producer to producer. Mm-hmm. It's by, um, if you remember, it was a documentary, Man on Wire, that was about like the guy that did the high rise. I think it was uh, between the two uh, towers. twin towers. Yeah. And she did documentaries like Oscar winning everything. She's the one that actually wrote the book. And it's also interesting that a woman wrote it because they're underrepresented as producers. But yeah, she's uh, maybe for being a woman more empathetic and thinking about other people and actually wrote a book, you know, that's very useful for everybody else. So that really gives you sort of the gamut of all the skills that you really need um, in the process and what your involvement should be like at each step. And uh, yeah, that was it was like the producer Bible, I would say. So that is super handy. Uh, elephant on the front. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, right here. He's about So yeah, I recommend that. And then, yeah, I mean, you just need to link up with someone talented. Uh, some, I'm <laughs> some <Not> talent. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, find some money. <laughs> Same question to you, but uh, from the director writing world. Uh, advice advice I would say that as a director or even a writer you have to be okay with looking crazy and sounding crazy Mm -hmm. and that for the longest I did not want to look crazy sound crazy especially you know coming from my background like I just wanted to look like I had it together Mm -hmm. Um, but what I learned is you have to be vulnerable who you are is going to show up eventually. So you have to meet yourself where you are and just present your best self and believe in yourself. And I know people say that all the time, believe in yourself, believe in yourself, believe in yourself. But it takes so much to believe in yourself. You have to to believe in yourself. You got to believe in yourself so much that almost the same belief you have in God, it got to be that same, up to that same status of energy. Because... If I ever took a moment to start to doubt myself, it would have never worked. Right. 
you know, you got to believe it so bad that all you can see is this happening. Like when, when I did the movie, like, again, people thought I was crazy for like 10 days or even doing the whole thing. They was like, they're like, why would you do a feature film? And it's a musical. You never did a film before. You should do a short film first. Like, I got so many people telling me that. And I was like, but I see this. Right. This is what I see. I understand why you would feel that way. And maybe in your life, you don't see that happening. But I was starting to believe that thing more than I believed that I was alive. Like, it had to me, that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you just got to really believe it more than other people. And another thing I would tell people is as artists, stop sharing your work until it's complete, until it's done. Because a lot of times people share a little bit and then they'll let somebody hear or let somebody in on what they're doing and somebody may not react to them as they think. They, they want everybody to be as, 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 I'm sorry, as excited as they are about it, but they may not be. And they might just be like, oh, okay, yeah, that's okay. And they'll take that as a sign. Like, like they'll get discouraged. Like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't do this then. Mm-hmm. Like, no, wait till it's complete so we can give people the complete picture of what you're talking about. Well, that makes perfect sense. So, it definitely does. <laughs> I don't know if you'll like this analogy, but I, I call that the Steve Jobs approach where, you know, you just have this vision for something like a product yeah. or whatever, you know, the know like an Apple have. product. Yeah. 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 I and, know. <laughs> And I don't know Android world. You got to have this, you got to have your vision and people are going to be like, well, that's like, you know, an iPhone, like before there were iPhones, like to have that idea and to bring people along to make that happen. But also, I mean, a lot of that happens like that's a, a private vision, like Apple's, you know, famous for their security or whatever privacy. Um, and so they work on it and then there's a big unveiling, you know, at that mm-hmm. point, like maybe you have a, a tight knit team that's been working on it, right. but yeah, not expanding it too wide and then wowing the world with, Hey, it's actually possible. And this is how it all fits together. Makes right. sense. Makes perfect yeah. sense. Do we have any crew members we want to give a shout out to? Uh, all of them. We had a very small crew. So it was just it was only a couple <laughs> of, I mean, there were, yeah, <laughs> yeah it was me, Adam, um, Tony, Tony, I want to give a shout, shout out, out to Tony, Tony and yeah. Erica. Erica, and Erica, yeah, yeah, and then we'll give a shout out to Brian, our yeah. good friend Brian. He came and helped us out on a couple of shout days. Shout out yeah. to a good friend Brian. Yeah, yeah. shout <laughs> out to Bro Dusty getting another job. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> already every episode, every episode. I appreciate y'all helping me keep my streak going. Uh, which is more stressful, post or pre-production? Pre-production for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, like. Um, Casting is stressful. Mm-hmm. Hold on, writing can be stress- <laughs> stressful. That's uh, considered pre, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's writing number one is stressful uh, because you have to stay on yourself. Mm-hmm. You have to be your own motivator to finish these these things. So writing and then right. casting is hard because it's hard to find people right. to hopefully complete your vision and finding locations to film, especially when you're an independent company. Where did you guys locate? I mean, where did you guys film at? We filmed we filmed most of B roll in Kankakee, uh, so we did oh, we filmed yeah. at KCC, and we, we used that as uh, Kankakee Illinois University. Yeah, there we go. So we made KIU KIU obviously. <laughs> so that's the college in the film. Um, but we end up our so we start pulling in our um, people we knew. Our good friend Bill is up the street. He allowed us to use his home to film most of Jamal's basement and also the top tier of his house. 
Um, we have another friend, Gabe and Neil. We filmed Trevor's home there. We actually used our bedroom as Trevor's bedroom. Okay. And we just made it look like it was at the other house, but it wasn't. Um, so when y'all watch this, y'all see the <laughs> film, hopefully, and you will see like that actually wasn't... His room was not in that house. It was actually here. Okay. Um, and then we filmed at the... the the basketball court was actually at a company I used to work for here in Chicago in 2019, before 2020, before we left. Um, they knew I was doing a film and it was like, hey, you know, we have buildings all around the city. If you if we could help you in any way, let us know. And I was like, well, hell, I'm looking for a basketball court and I know y'all got one. <laughs> So it like it's all yours. Let us know when you need it. So it it just basketball all court, locker room, yeah. even an apartment. Like the the characters. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. You know, we we filmed there a few days, and uh, it just all magically sort of worked out. And that's the thing when you're like at this level of being independent, you really have to again believe in yourself and like utilize your resources and connections. Like and yeah, let them know that. That you're passionate, that you really want to do it. Speaking of connections, do you have a distribution you lined up for your film? We we do. So the thing is, Spokes Productions, which is our company, which is Spears and Bolts, Spokes, Spokes, Spears, Bolts. Yeah. So Spokes Productions, we pretty much are distributing independently. However, we do have things lined up for the film to get out. So we do have uh, Amazon. Yeah, <laughs> which should be out on March 15th. No. Uh, but we also have another platform which we're going to be announcing soon. I don't know. It'll be out. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's okay. So it'll be out there too soon. And yeah, so we are, and this is the thing, and, and that's another thing I want to tell people like, it's okay to do it on your own too. Mm-hmm. Like, it's okay. Again, you don't have to wait for those gatekeepers to let you in or yeah. tell you you're you're good enough to come on in. Like, no, do it yourself. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so look, this is for both of you. Okay, y'all ready? Okay, if we ask you to write a comedy based off the start of the All In Show, right? So you don't have to know how it started. It's based off the start of our show, how it all came together, right? Giving you a Hollywood A list budget. You with me? Mm-hmm. Who would you cast to have played uh, play a role in a movie that you wrote? Oh, no, no, I jumped. Sorry. It got deleted. Who would you have cast to play Broke Dustin? Lord. Uh, <laughs> me? Shit. It started with you. No, oh, I would say. <laughs> Right. I would say uh, JB Smooth. JB Smooth. Oh, that's JB good. Smooth. <laughs> JB okay. Smooth is funny. He's funny. I, like JB Smooth is freaking funny. And I also have to make sure y'all know that y'all are also in the movie now because you own the show, so you have roles in the movie, right? Okay. Okay. Who would you have cast as me? Ooh. You can say yours too. It does. I'm not offended. Yeah. Let's get it. <laughs> I, mean, I gotta find you. Hold on, I gotta see. I gotta. Pick what about door. like a young Sinbad? <laughs> there you go. I can see young Sinbad. That's a good one. That's a good one. I can. I can. Yeah, I like that one. <laughs> who, who plays Adam? Oh man, Adam can't tell us. Um, oh. I'm trying to think of that. I think he plays on Veep or something. No, Arrested Development. <laughs> Is it Tony Hale? <laughs> I don't think so. The one that plays the, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a uh uh. Do they have short hair and feet? 
Yeah, he's like the geeky guy. Yeah. That's probably yeah. I probably wouldn't think okay. about. Right. <laughs> now, Adam, who plays Mike? Oof. Boy, yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> yeah, I'm. Yeah, Mike. I'm gonna I'm gonna cast you with Denzel. Okay. I just saw Fences. What was the draft? So. What was the first name of that group? Oh, uh, the Final music draft. group? Final yeah. Draft. Final Draft. Final Draft didn't land on us. <laughs> we landed on Final Draft. <laughs> All right. So I don't know how I mixed that up, but I've been pressing a lot of my buttons over here. So, you got a play in Kankakee called Good Enough. I'm mean, sorry. You have a movie mm-hmm. about to play in Kankakee. That's what that originally said. Oh, yeah. yeah. Called Good Enough. Oh, you got yeah, one. I'm going to ask him first, bro. I know you said earlier you changed it from a stage play. Yeah. Was that hard to do? Oh uh, yeah, because um, that it was hard because on stage I like envisioned how we we're going to just set the stage and do all these things and how the characters going to react and making a film changed the storyline because I'm thinking like yeah that probably won't work on you know in right. a film that yeah. way and some things need more detail some, some things need more de- exactly it was definitely that like some things needed it some things didn't and some of the characters were more flamboyant in the play and I definitely toned them down a lot in the film because I felt like it would be a little more intimate now so they don't need to be so big um, in personality so stage play is more of an expressional type of thing yes. exactly you could say yeah. maybe surreal and exaggerated and right. you know, those sorts of things whereas so, film you're close up on people and it's you know, by definition, a bit more realistic. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Oh, wait. So, yeah, when we were playing, you wrote directing, it's going to be playing the Kanker Key. Good enough. Uh, what was the movie rating again? PG 13. That's right. our rating. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's not officially rated. Yeah. When people say, no. Like, so if you not see. The, not by the MPAA. <laughs> exactly. That's my rating. I, I definitely believe it's good for, for yeah. kids that are teens. And Adam, when is it playing? It's playing the 19th of March. March. Yep. Got it. Okay. What time? I think 7 7 Doors open at 6 30. 6 30. Yeah. Oh, doors open. Yep. Where can tickets be bought? On an event, right? Look at you. Let me ask the question for you. I'm just looking at it. That's at Paramount, too, eh? And where can you both be found? Where can you both be found on social media? Oh, I'm just at Adam Bolts. I'm just Adam, bro. Just Adam Bolts. Yeah. All, all. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's it might be facebook.com slash bolts, you know. Nah, yeah. That's how long ago it was. I was a witness. I thought real quick. Glad your fingers still work. It's Mike Spears. ITS Mike Spears. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all of that. Yeah. I'm not really on Twitter like that, but I have it still connected to the Twitter thing, but I really don't be on Twitter like that. But Instagram. LinkedIn, I am on LinkedIn. I believe it is. It's my experience on LinkedIn, too. For sure, for sure. What can you find all in show? Everywhere. Me and Everywhere. Type it in, type it in the search bar, wherever you can listen or watch something. Me and Lauren. Right. We were number one in like three or four countries for a while in Europe. Okay. Since falling off a little bit. But well, we got top 10 in the building. All right. <laughs> executive producer, so we back. You <laughs> All in show. Yeah, we'll be right back. <laughs>